0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless, available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's hit up that hotline and welcome in one Eli Letterman joining us here on the Blitz 1170. What's up, Eli? How are you, buddy?
1: Hop, I'm pretty good. Yourself, I was. I thought of you on, uh, what, like five thirty or so Saturday when Oklahoma student Braden Willis landed with your San Francisco 49ers.
0: So I had sent Plank a text message, Chris Plank, and was telling him um, the Niners had had like four conversations with Braden Willis. They had met him. uh, They had put extensive work into him at the OU Pro Day. They, I believe, had him in. And then there were two other instances in which they talked to him. And I knew that they were tight end needy in the draft. And I thought, you know, that this is an opportunity. Typically, the Niners stay pretty true to their visits, mostly as a franchise. So if you, get a, if, like, if you get a visit, then, like, you're high on their radar. And there he was still in the seventh round, and I just had this feeling that it was going to happen. And I, I feel like, Eli, that's a pretty damn good landing spot for him. I've, I've reached out to try to get him on sometime soon because rookie camps are coming up really, really quickly. Uh, and hopefully, I think that we're going to have him on pretty soon. But I think that's a really good fit for him.
1: I would say that I actually think a lot of the, the former Sooners landed in pretty interesting and, and good spots for them, but that might be my favorite of them just because I, you know, I, I, Brandon Willis is one of the guys I enjoyed covering most last fall. And, and he, he went from a guy who had proven everything he could, I think in terms of pass block, excuse me, run blocking and, and doing all the things a blocking tight end might do, but needed to show the pass catching and we'll see what kind of pass catcher he is or how he's utilized in the pros. But to me, there's a place for a guy like Brayden Willis who fulfills all those other things to succeed. It would be that that offense that that seemingly does a lot of really creative and interesting things with with blocking guys. When you look no further than George Kittle, they run interesting formations. Maybe they'll make use of what he can do in the passing game. I'm I'm really excited about where he is as far as a guy who, who landed in a spot where where it really seems like that might be the right the right fit and the right team
0: for him. So I could be completely off base on this. This is how I think it ultimately ends up for Brayden Willis in San Francisco. Uh, yes, they have been and they've been talking about for years as a kind of a pressure release valve for George Kittle, someone else to pick up uh, several snaps during the season because there hasn't been a year in which George has come out completely 100% healthy. So they get the tight end out of Georgia, the the Latou kid. And I think that Braden Willis is actually going to be used more in the Kyle check role which is the, the fullback uh, that does everything for them because they, they want to use Willis the same way that they use Juicecheck, Juice And tight end has so many things that incorporate that in terms of what they do with the protection um, and, and also how they, they target him. Uh, we've already seen his availability with running with the ball. I would not be shocked at all if that uh, he's not a converted slash tight end slash uh, fullback halfback at some point in Frisco. I think that's a perfect, perfect spot. Because how long are you going to pay juice check that amount of money for a fullback? Like, let's be real here. You've got you've to spread the money out where it's needed most with guys like Nick Bosa. So if you can get someone that's cheaper, I think Braden Willis is going to be that guy.
1: I think that, that's the right way of looking at it. I just, what I see there is a, a really creative coaching staff and offense that typically finds ways to get the most out of their guys, and whether it's in a tight end spot or in a fullback yep. spot or, you know, shoot. We saw Braden line up under center. Right? I did. I was more shotgun last year, quarterback. That fits in you. Know, if you go back all the way to, to Braden Wilson's high school career, he was a wide receiver until he was asked to move to tight end at the same school uh, where, where he was the punter. And so he, he has done it all his entire career. I mean, you look at his high school career, look at last season in Norman where he lined up just about everywhere, including quarterbacks in those wildcat formations. He does it all. And uh, I, I do think that's really – I don't know if there could be a better landing spot than, than San Francisco for him.
0: All right, before we get into anything else, uh, this was just posted, what, just a little bit ago. What's, uh, what's going on with the Board of Regents meeting that's going to happen Friday in what is called what like the SEC special, <laughs> like Friday. <laughs> what it, what is technically going down with the OU Board of Regents?
1: Yeah, well, that, I I won't go so I would, wouldn't say a whole lot of, of nothing because it'll it, it, be there and we'll find out really what there is to learn. But this is uh this was teased a few months back at the last Board of Regents meeting. They'd be meeting in a few months. Essentially, to finalize the the early exit for, for OU in 2024 to the SEC. So I say a whole lot of nothing, only in that uh, we've known since February that this was official that that OU and Texas would be making their early exit from the Big 12. Uh, you could argue, you know, even 18 months before that, it was clear that OU and Texas were not going to hang around until 2025. But this will be, I think, the the, the formal action, uh, and it'll be our opportunity to. Uh, to sit in on that meeting and, and to speak with the Joe Castillo, most likely about where the Sooners go now. Because uh, again, we've known this was coming for a while. This will be one of those formal steps uh, that that seals 23, 24 is the the last year where you will be competing in the Big 12. It means this fall will be the next uh, the final football season the Big 12 for the Sooners, uh, and and then it it becomes kind of I think the clock starts ticking right on uh, I guess July one this year will be one full year. So they're in the SEC and and all that will come with
0: it. Um, What, off the top of your head, type of information could we potentially learn on Friday from Josie? I mean, yes, there have been the reports that are out there, but as you said, this is the finalization, apparently, of this. Uh, Do we expect to learn anything, like any intricate details of how all of this went down more from Joe than what we already know?
1: I don't know that we're going to get more than than has been reported. You know, you've got your your national insiders who who were all in on those negotiations a few months back. I don't know that we'll learn a ton more on that front. But I think you know again, it's about projecting forward now and, and all the different things. The timeline uh, is set. We know that they've got to uh, they've got to be ready to be in the SEC in 2024, and, and that comes down to some of that facilities and, and staffing, and all the, the boring stuff. But you know, maybe more interestingly is. Uh, a couple of days after they hire a, a wrestling coach, after a lengthy search, what happens to the wrestling program when you leave for uh, a conference yep. that does not have, uh, you know, r- wrestling competition and, and maybe they're heading down a path that Missouri went down of having to find somewhere new until they were readmitted to the Big 12? That's a question I'd, I'd like to ask Joseph Stiglione. I mean, that that's, I think, where, where it looks now is, is on the future. And what's this move now that it is imminent, now that, you know, it'll be May fifth when this gets uh whatever happens friday we make fit, but we're closing in on 12 months from the sec what do they need to do and, and what will it mean for certain programs perhaps beyond your just your football and you know men's and women's basketball that we think on so much
0: because softball is a year later correct
1: in what sense in terms of when they're going
0: yes i believe so i believe we were talking with plank yesterday and i think that softball is actually like a year because I, I don't think I don't think they jump into softball like immediately right away. I could be completely mistaken on that, but that's the way that I took that conversation yesterday.
1: I might have to do some of my own research because I, I I my understanding is everything on uh, July one, twenty twenty four shifts. Um, okay, but shoot plank. If anyone would know more, it might be plank. And so, uh, but I, I guess I can't speak to that.
0: Uh, let's see here. So. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, in 2023 season, OU softball will play two more years in the Big 12 before heading on to the SEC. Hmm. That is what this says. So Oklahoma and Texas officially re- reached an agreement with the Big 12, ESPN and Fox, headed to the SEC a year early, starting play in all sports during the 14-25 academic year. So maybe they were talking the 23-20. Well, I, I
1: think that is, yeah, that's where the minutiae gets into. That's where it gets talk, into. That would have been written. Yep. That would have been written that, I mean this agreement came to to pass in, f- in February ninth, February. Yep. So you got this season and the next. So yeah, I mean it'll be OU football. Their last year will be, you know, these coming months in twenty twenty three. That's right. Obviously, you know, a year a year from now we'll be uh in softball baseball season again and that'll be the final months of OU's time in, in the uh in the Big Twelve before they head to the SEC.
0: Okay. All right. That's kind of where, yes, the context of that actually actually comes from. Uh what else football related uh that you can think of off the top of your head? Um I know we talked about a lot of the well, at least Brayden Willis's opportunity now in the NFL. You said you like some of the other stuff. Is there anything football related that we're kind of leaving off of the table here uh, I know with so much goes into recruiting right now, and it seems like that Oklahoma's really on a uh, heater in terms of skill players in the wide receiver spot, but uh, there has been absolutely no moss growing under the, f- the feet of the recruiting staff there at OU Football.
1: None at all. They they move quick. I'd say lastly on the draft, I am intrigued. These are easy, but the skill spots, like Marvin Mims with Sean Payton and Eric Gray behind Saquon Barkley in some capacity in New York, in, in another offense, is kind of exciting. Both very intriguing landing, landing spots for those two guys. But as it relates to the, the Sooners of now, and you, you're right, this coaching staff um, has hit it. Spring camp's closed, and they're on the recruiting trail. And, and whether you want to look at the portal where, you know, they've added Brennan Thompson from Texas, and, and you could look at that and, and wonder if that closes the door on their need at wide receiver. I know I've talked to you plenty about the fact that they – they still don't know, you know, or spring campus is close. We don't know behind Drake Stoops and Jaleel Farouk, who's really going to be a consistent producer. So it sounds like they're still looking. They've got uh, Jordan Tyson, uh, Colorado transfer, uh, I think this week is in Norman visiting. Uh, they may look at some others. There's some really impressive uh, wide receivers in the portal right now. So maybe they're not done there. And I, I would say that they've got plenty of bodies in that room and plenty of intriguing guys, but I would say that, 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 that either third contributor or real impact player in the, in the past catching game. They're either going to lean on, on someone in that room now to, to step up and emerge, or they can go look in the portal. And it sounds like they're doing that. Uh, and, you know, other wide receivers are looking at uh, twenty all the way to 2025, the recruiting class. Emmitt Jones uh, has been pretty hot in his recruiting. Uh, they add, uh Grayson Harris from Enos, Texas uh, to the 2025 class. So they're, they're hitting the, uh, the wide receivers heavily right now, but in the portal, I still think they've got to maybe look on the offensive line. I think they could look at linebacker. Uh, there there are spots. Brent Venable said there's not a lot they've got to address, but there were, there were places they wanted to hit in the portal, and uh, he wouldn't give us a whole lot of insight on where they were going to look, but I'm, I'm certain we're going to find out in the next few weeks by, by some of the moves they make.
0: All right, uh, Eli Letterman is with us. That will get us to softball after the performance last night against the University of Tulsa, kind of uh, the, the appetizer, so to speak, of the uh, in-state uh, performances this week before we get to this weekend's Bedlam uh, showdown. Um, big for, for both fronts, but, I mean, there are no other ways to describe OU softball right now Um, just simply because of the machine that they are Uh, three of their players named finalists for player of the year for crying out loud they're going to rack up all the awards they're incredible from the pitching perspective their offense is just flat out stupid uh, in the most uh, respectful way possible Uh, but yet they they might lose a game, right, Eli? Like Plank was telling us yesterday, yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see OSU like winning a game. The problem is that by the time we get to this point in the season, winning a series against them, right, especially when it counts in postseason play, like good luck because I, I there's just nothing there that shows that that is even within the talking points right now with how good that OU softball is.
1: 38 straight wins. I mean, they're, they're, you can go through all the numbers. It's, it's, it's staggering, the dominance um and you're right I mean, there, there's a lot of energy that would go in just for, you know osu this weekend in stillwater that some of the teeth of this this one is has been removed just by virtue of the fact that no longer is the, the regular season title on the line like somebody thought it would have been about a month ago but it's still you know they're they're going to see each other in stillwater uh in all likelihood or they could see each other the next weekend in uh in OKC at the Big 12 tournament. And then if all goes right, if, if, if OU lands back where, you know, they look like they're on a, a steam path to get to, and if OSU is back in OKC, they, they might see each other again. So this, this is kind of the start. You know, whatever happens here, if OSU can, can nick a game or two off of Oklahoma, that sends some kind of message as we hit the postseason. Or, you know, if Oklahoma comes in and does what they've done to everyone else in the conference, that sends a different message. And, and we saw last year that, you know, OSU is probably the, the last team we saw, you know, really push OU. I mean, they, they claimed that that Big 12 title and, and had a shot to face them again at, at the World Series and, and fell short. This is maybe that team. Maybe there's other teams in the country this year. But in, in terms of who we've seen push OU, OSU is maybe the latest. And it was almost a year ago that it happened. Uh, but but we'll, we'll get our first taste of it this weekend and the good news and why I think this weekend is important no matter what. It might not be the last of it. So this is just the first chapter.
0: Indeed, it will be. And then uh, finally, you mentioned this just a few moments ago. Um, It felt like that the timing of this wrestling hire, right, with all of the negative that's been surrounding the program and the direction there, um, what has been the reaction that you've seen so far about Roger Kish being hired as OU's new wrestling coach? I
1: would imagine in in kind of the wrestling sphere, some relief in that, you know, uh, folks far better informed than I, you know, are even speculating that, you know, if if OU were looking to tank its its wrestling program, that they might not have handled things much differently than they had in this process. It had taken a while. I'd imagine, you know, a question I'd have for Joe Castiglione, I don't know if it's a a question for Friday, uh, but is, you know, was it a challenge to make a hire for this job knowing that you're going to be, you're going to destabilize this program in a sense? In a year's time, and I wonder if that played into the length of the search. Um, but but I'd imagine relief, and and again, that, that might be, you know, if we were starting to rank the programs, you have the most questions about as you head to the SEC. Wrestling yeah. would be up, would be really high up there. I mean, you know, priority list, and then most so OU fans, I'm sure, goes something like football, softball, the hoops teams, and 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 then you know people fan out from there. But wrestling is the, is the program that I think faces one of the most uncertain futures. And, and so getting that hire right, I think, was important. Uh, from, from what I understand, Roger Kish has been uh, on an upward trajectory the last few years. That's, that's all you can ask for, but the, the future is so uncertain there that just getting the higher in uh, and shoot doing it uh, at least a couple of days before you're going to formally, officially, you know, it's already been done, but formally, officially seal the move to the SEC uh, and, and thrust this into some uncertainty. Having that higher I think, was important.
0: Dude, you're getting blowed up in the background. You got to go? Am I keeping you too long?
1: Am I getting blown up? How do yeah. you
0: mean? No, I just, I just heard a couple of dings, dings. I didn't know if like you were supposed to be somewhere, so I just, just wanted to make uh, sure. Not,
1: I, for you, I, I would miss meetings. I would miss... <laughs> I
0: would miss gatherings. <laughs> what mean. a liar. Uh, but, <laughs> since, <laughs> but since you are going to hang around for one more, what was your initial reaction? And, I, and look, I know that this is not going to impact Oklahoma in the future. But for someone that that covers programs in this conference, uh, what was your reaction to this report about the Big Twelve trying to explore playing basketball and football in Mexico City and Monterey?
1: Fascinating, and it sounds like everything it it falls in line with with Brett Yormark's approach since arriving here, uh, you know, arriving in the Big Twelve. To, in a sense, really un Big Twelve the Big Twelve. This is stuff <laughs> that you never would have thought of. You never would have thought. Uh, of, of the Big 12 playing, uh, you know, holding events at Rucker Park in New York City, would you have? Uh, and certainly not thinking about Mexico City for the Big 12. That, that kind of falls outside the blueprint, uh, uh, the footprint, or perhaps Mexico City is more in that footprint than New York. Uh, but it's interesting. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of big ideas there, and then I think there's the execution of it. And I, I'd be really curious to know what uh, someone like Chad Weiberg up in Stillwater or, or any of the ADs across the conference you know, there's big ideas and then there's execution. I'd be curious at, at some of their thoughts. But as, as far as, uh, you know, taking this conference somewhere it hasn't been before, I'm in fact staring right now at a Ross Dellinger report, the Big 12 ADs and coaches discuss modernizing football game broadcasts with, with in-game interviews, and coaches, and pre- and post-game locker room access. So even as we speak, we're, we're learning more. This is the Big 12 looking to, to cement its place in the future because it's not going to be – the SEC or the Big Ten. We know that. And it, it really is this race, I think, for third among the other current Power Five conferences. And I don't think any conference is doing more right now, at least in attempting to modernize or, or give itself a brand than Brett Yormark and the Big 12. And that, that's, that, that's what that looks like to me. I'm very curious about the execution and, and how folks in Stillwater or anywhere else across the Big 12, you know, those in the within those administrations, what they think on some of these ideas.
0: Yeah, I and unless it's just the and i mean everything that your mark has said was basically circled around the hey let's just get cooler mantra okay um i'm still trying to piece together where the positives are of this if you can't you're you're not going to mexico to potentially find or unearth d1 athletes because there's not a ton that come out of there that end up in American schools, especially in this conference, there's not uh, a whole lot in terms of just percentage of your student body as well that ultimately end up at Big 12 schools. It's less than 10 percent in every school. So maybe you get a bump initially. I mean, is is he you you're clearly not doing this without having a corporate sponsor, in my mind. So the corporate sponsor is there. But long term are we just looking at more eyeballs and in international market? Like I I'm still trying to piece together why this makes sense and why he can go to a Chad Weiberg and go, Hey, we'd like to give, we'd like for you to give up one of your conference home football games up, right. To go play, I don't know, Cincinnati and Monterey. Like wh- where is the sense in that make that make sense to me?
1: That's just an incredible thought. Is Oklahoma State playing Cincinnati and Monterey? What a like. Wild, uh, right? I, you're right. That's, that's what comes to mind: is, is giving up a conference home game for one of these schools. What's What's the benefit? I mean, you think about uh, a college town like Stillwater. What's, what's I mean, beyond OSU, what's the greater economic impact of that? But I, I do think if you're trying to, I don't know that this move is, is made to attract, you know, to, to lay down a footprint and a pipeline to the big to Big Twelve schools, you know, for students. Uh, to Oklahoma State for Monterey to Oklahoma State. I, I think we're thinking we, I say we Brett Yormark and the conference, they're thinking big and national and international in this case on things like this. And that, that might be the push and pull of it. I don't know anything, you know, beyond my own thoughts here, but the push and pull could be that a commissioner who is taking the Big twelve national and international, but then the interests of these, you know, of, of the member institutions, that that's probably the, the push and pull there they're fighting and struggling with but i think you know uh, as we talk about ou in texas you know maybe or you at least approving their departure for the sec think about where we were less than two years ago thinking the big 12 might be might be history this this world that they're in and and the position they're in i think is pretty good from there um but clearly they've got some big ideas for, for where they want to go from here
0: no doubt no doubt at all I just can't wait to see West Virginia fans in monterey mexico that's the uh that's the best Beautiful. idea but like let's throw West Virginia Iowa State in Monterey and see how that ends up going for for everyone involved <laughs> Eli I appreciate you, buddy, thanks so much man uh always enjoy keep up the great work as well and uh you did not get as much love as you should have got on your tweet where you congratulated Henry Winkler on becoming the new wrestling coach. <laughs> at OU. That should have more likes than, than what it has on it. So props to you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, buddy. That is Eli Letterman joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from the Tulsa world. All right. Timeout 229 here on the Blitz 1170. When we come back, let's take a look at the old NBA. That's next here on the Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.